African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Very good morning to you and welcome to yet another interactive installment of African Dialogue. You're listening to Channel Africa from an African perspective. My name is Asanda Matsaunyane and we're currently on the frequency 9625 kHz on the 31-meter band to Southern Africa. You can also find us on audio DSTV 802. About a week ago, outgoing Liberian President Ellen Johnson Sirleaf said democracy in the West African country was under threat after the Supreme Court ordered the Elections Commission to fully examine allegations leveled by Charles Bramskain, who finished third in last month's first-round poll. A successful vote would be Liberia's first democratic transfer of power in more than seven decades. So we're actually asking, does this, uh, the delay or, or of elections uh, rerun in Liberia, does this put a threat on Liberia's democracy? So to help unpack this or answer this question, we're joined in studio by Itumeleng Maketla, who is a political analyst. Welcome to Channel Africa. Thank you very much, Sander, and uh, greet the listeners as well. Thank you very much for having me. Our pleasure. We are joined on the line by Cholo Brooks, who is CEO and publisher at uh, ggnliberia.com. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you very much. I'm happy to be on your show this morning. Emeritus Professor Shadrach Guto also joins us. Welcome, Professor. Thank you very much uh, for following me and uh, having the conversation. Thank you. So maybe we can just, uh, you know, give a bit of a background for our listeners in terms of what, you know, the, the Supreme Court has, uh, you know, why it's the Supreme Court has ordered the Elections Commission to fully examine allegations and what these allegations are by Charles uh, Bramskine. Uh, do you want to answer that, uh, Cholo, just to give a bit of a background on what Charles is complaining about in terms of the elections? Well, basically, Charles is complaining about uh, irregularity during the election, and he said there was a fraud. So that angered him to file the complaint to Supreme Court. But surprisingly, Supreme Court sent it back to National Election Commission. So as we speak, uh, Charles Boskin is now with the National Election Commission. But the information received yesterday is that he expressed displeasure of how National Election Commission is handling the case. So Liberians also wonder as to what will happen because they are so... They are, they are so disappointed, uh, saying that, look, elections should go on because we want a new president. Why should this be delayed? So Liberians are mumbling among themselves on this issue. Because how does, uh, you know, how do you fully examine yourself against allegations against yourself? Basically, <laughs> you know, you have allegations, like you, they've already denied it, the NEC, but now they must examine those very same allegations. How will this work? Well, I mean, what happened is that uh, what Liberians are saying is that, look, we do agree that there was some irregularity. What needs to be done is the Supreme Court, which is the higher decision-making in the judiciary, should come out with a straight court 
to, to decide this case. Because Labyrinths are saying, what they are saying, net is playing again. Mm. In fact, they, they are calling for the change of the, 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 the chairman of the electoral, the electoral commission. They say he's biased, blah, 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 you know. So Liberians are very, very skeptical of the decision that will come for next. Even though they are against the delay of the process, but they want a fast, a speeded uh, 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 disposal of the case. Yeah. So, Itumeleng, if you can just come in there uh, as well. Uh, what's your view? Throughout our monitoring of the situation in Liberia, Asanda, I've particularly been looking at uh, uh, some voting precincts during the voting as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, while I've been streamed the live uh, happenings there, I saw that uh, there were hordes of voters who were waiting to be uh, put into the polling stations at about uh, six o'clock in the evening uh, Liberia time of course mm-hmm. uh, quite dark in the in the proceedings and uh, some of them in fact not being able to cast their votes and also allegations that there were irregularities in terms of uh, uh, ballot stuffing and uh, movement of uh, of uh, stations without the notification of uh, voters so those allegations are actually quite legitimate and uh, uh, I think Brunskin, with his knowledge of, uh, of the law, as, a, as an attorney himself, was well within his mandate and right to uh, 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 put up a red flag in terms of that. Yeah. Uh, Emeritus Professor Akuto, are the outgoing president's sentiment, uh, you know, about her country's democracy being under threat valid, uh, given the recent developments? What would you say? Well, I think it is very important for us to be able to indicate that we need credible, free and fair elections in every African country. We do have the African Charter on Democracy, Elections and Governance, which is a treaty that tries to give guidelines on how elections should be held and where they are not followed properly, the Constitutive Act of the African Union, which forms the African Union, indicates very clearly that anybody who comes to, or any group that comes to government through unconstitutional means will not be allowed to participate in any uh, activities of the African Union. So, mm-hmm. yes. It is quite clear that I think elections are becoming a very important and also an area of contestation in Africa. So I really hope that uh, Liberia will go through free, fair and credible elections. Uh, We don't want violence taking place in the country as has happened before and also has happened under elections in other countries like Kenya and so on. Yes. So yes, I believe that um, how warning is important but at the same time the process ought to be credible and respectable 
are not simply one which is being carried out for the sake of saying we have had elections and you take it off and so on. So given that example that you cite there of Kenya, can we see this uh, being playing out itself in a similar situation in Liberia? Well, I would say that the current situation, the courts ought to come and really look at the evidence. What is the evidence being brought forward by the applicants who is challenging the results of the election? They may be credible, they may not be credible because people are fighting for power through elections. And therefore, you can't say just because there is uh, contestation, therefore, the election should be declared not to have been credible. The courts are the right place which looks at evidence which is provided before the court. Uh, in this case, uh, on the balance of probabilities, because it is not a criminal case where you have to provide evidence beyond reasonable doubt. And after that, it will be the decision of the court ought to bind the country, whether they go back through the elections again or whether or not uh, they are seen to have been credible and to move forward. Sure, given the you know the the sentiments of uh, uh, President uh, Johnson uh, Sirleaf that you know in her views about how this will look in terms of Liberia's um, stance and and how history will judge Liberia and and in terms of the reputation Liberia will have moving forward after this. Given that, uh, her sentiments, and then also the, the sort of disunity that's kind of played itself out between the vice president, uh, Boakai, uh, in the ruling unity party, who also accused uh, Johnson Sirleaf uh, of trying to influence the vote, and then, of course, she rejected that. That disunity happening within the, the ruling unity party, and then, you know, uh, Johnson Sirleaf also saying, but we need to be mindful of how our reputation gets changed and how history will judge us after this in terms of how we move forward. How do we read into that? Yeah, uh, of course. Uh, can, can, I, can, I ask with, can I start with Cholo and then I'll come to uh, Itumi and then you, Emeritus Professor. Okay, no problem. Cholo? Can I come to you now? Yeah, okay. Like you were saying, I mean, it's very serious because the whole incident started when uh, it was rumored, uh, circulated here uh, nationwide, that the president was supporting... Uh, the, the opposition CDC and then that the president has aligned the vice president who is contesting for the presidency so it created eyebrows and people started wondering and then the the, the, the visibility of the president and her son at the party at, with the party leaders the opposition party leader that also created the kind of fear so look, the president is trying to align with the opposition so the vice president each time he was approached he said, as far as he's concerned, the president okay. is still giving him the support. Hello? Yes, continue. Okay, the president, the president is giving him the support. But at the final, 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 final time, it was noted that, yes, indeed, the president has social support from her own political party, 
mm. to the opposition CDC, uh, which is which is headed by the footballer George Weir. So people have started wondering, even down to her own partisans from the ruling United Party, they started creating that kind of fear. Oh, this guy, this lady is trying to play a game with us. So uh, mm. even the chairman of the ruling party, uh, the chairman of the party, uh, uh, Wilmot Page, also came on the air to announce that yes, indeed, the president is not supporting the unity party. The president is supporting opposition party. So then he started growing. And as it grew, when the Charles Bronson filed a lawsuit against NEC, United Party also decided to go along with Charles Bronson because she felt that uh, since the president is on the other side, they have to go on this side. So the house started going. But even though the president came out publicly through her press secretary to deny that she's not supporting George Weir and others, but still people are still saying uh, her son is fully involved in the campaign of George Weir. So, I mean, that's it. People are, uh, people are worrying, especially Liberians are worrying. And your view, Itumeleng? I have to um, agree with my uh, colleague in Liberia that uh, this uh, state of affairs is rather unsettling. Mm. As uh, leading up to the elections, we had uh, we were under the impression that the uh, President uh, Salif Johnson would remain uh, neutral and literally go old school about it and say, okay, these are the contenders and let them fight for, for the position and he, she would not be backing anybody. And that was quite welcome because she needs to be uh, seen as neutral since mm. her mandate ends in January. Now, the biggest problem for me now is that should January come and the elections have not now uh, uh, taken place, would we have a constitutional crisis that goes uh, beyond that? Because now at the end of the day, her mandate would be, do would be done. That void will be filled by just uh, chaos, which will actually just drive us back to our fears, our original fears of the outbreak of violence, mm. which is just the, the most unsettling position that we find ourselves in right now. And January is now now? January is literally just around the corner. Emeritus Professor, can you just add your views there as well, or in terms of you know the, the the image of Liberia and how history will judge Liberia after this, and, and the fact that she she's been accused uh, Johnson Sirleaf of uh, trying to influence the vote and supporting the opposition. Well, I believe that uh, Sirleaf Johnson uh, is a politician, and therefore she may have her views and may indicate who she would like to succeed her. But beyond that, what is the nature of her support for the position? Is it one that is influencing actually the results of the election? Those need to be looked into, and I think that's very important at this point. Uh, but she can't be made to be non-political just because she's a former leader, but she must be really uh, very careful mm. not to drag Liberia back to where it used to be, of war, violence, and so on. She set a good example of really going through credible elections and re-elections and therefore bringing Liberia back to a democratic 
process through peaceful means and allowing people to choose, she should not interfere with that. But at the same time, we shouldn't just say because she's supporting or is, uh, is seen to be covering particular political parties, there's no law that says that a former president should not support any political party in the world. Yeah, let's uh, leave it on that point for for now, or rather pause on that point. It's 11.24 Central African time. If you've just joined us, this is African Dialogue. We're talking about uh, Liberia in terms of the delay in elections, the rerun there, and asking, does this put a threat on Liberia's democracy? I'm Asanda Matzaunyane. Stay with us. Good news for listeners in America. You can now listen to Channel Africa by phoning 605-47-1711. So, if you're a Channel Africa listener in America, simply dial 605-47-1711. Channel Africa, giving you the African perspective. Here on African Dialogue, you're welcome to interact with us. Remember, you can find us on uh, Facebook and uh, you can also tweet us at Channel Africa. So today we're talking about the delay in elections rerun in Liberia. And does this put a threat on Liberia's democracy is what we're asking. Joined by political analyst Itumeleng Makhetla, CEO and publisher of GGNLiberia.com, Cholu Brooks, as well as Emeritus Professor Shadrach uh, Guto. Does okay. What what impact that will this actually have? Because uh, Cholo, you, t- you speak a lot about how people are feeling, and uh, Itumeleng also, uh, you know, um, gave uh, you, you gave your views as well in terms of the the actual people on the ground. But what impact does this kind of instability have on the people of Liberia? Let me start with you, Itumeleng. Liberia is a very young democracy, despite it being the first uh, republic on the African continent. Uh-huh. Um, and since uh, the 2005 uh, victory of Sir Liv Johnson, this is perhaps the most rigorous test that the democracy of the country is being put through. Uh, Liberia has a lot of problems in terms of its economy, unemployment uh, staggering uh, for more than, what, uh, 80%. Uh, we having uh, poverty, uh, lack of food productivity, and all that. Uh, the country is already fa- is, is already in dire straits, and I'm afraid that this just compounds the problem. Should they fail to reach an amicable solution mm. uh, w- during these uh, uh, preparation of the runoff? Your views, uh, Chulu, if you can just add. Yeah. Okay. Uh, as as was saying. Liberia, Liberia is now at a crossroad. Crossroad in the sense that uh, all ears and eyes are open on Liberia. Mm. Uh, president Ellen Johnson Sirleaf being the first African female president. People are looking forward to seeing her, her legacy shining well. But what is happening right now with her re- reputation back home is not healthy for Liberia. Uh, Liberians themselves are worried as to what is happening because uh, people are t- people are talking about this um, transitional government and uh, all of that. So, but, but what 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 is most most concerned 
about people who I talked to is that they still want the Supreme Court to speedily dispose of the case because they say the more it prolongs, a lot of things will happen. Uh, people are not even thinking about entering government and people, librarians are saying they're not prepared for entering government and the election commission is saying she need more money and all of that. So it may drag to probably 2018. You know, we have gone far out. It may drag to 2018. So this is one of As you talk to them, they, t they, they talk about their fear, you know, their fear. So it's it's it's, it's here. Yeah, I don't know if you can move from where you are, Chulu. I think you've moved uh, where you were talking to us because we're hearing a lot of feedback behind you there. If you can just get a, a more quieter space. But let's continue. Emeritus uh, Professor, what does the international community say about the delay in, in the elections? I know initially after the first round of voting, international observers said that they had no major problems. But what are they saying now? Have we heard anything? Well, we know that we have uh, international service are becoming part of the problem in election because they make pronouncements which sometimes are not credible. And I think that's a problem. Sorry, Emeritus, can I just interject? Sorry, to interject. I think, sorry, it's not Shulu who's got the background noise. It's you. Are you able to move a little bit so we can hear you clearer and be in a quieter space? Can you hear me clear? That's a bit better, yes. Can you hear me clearly now? Yes, we can hear you better. Continue. Okay. All I'm saying is that international election observers, whether they're from Europe, UN, AU, Africa Union, and so on, are becoming questionable because they do declare that things went well when things did not go quite well, and people have to go to the court processes and so on. So, yes. So let mm -hmm. us um, really make sure that we don't rely so much on election observers. We need to examine what are they really observing and how should they do the observation. Otherwise, they may be contributing to the crisis that follow the election because if they say, the elections were free, fair, and there was no problem. And then evidence shows otherwise there's a problem. So that is an area which we need to deal with uh, globally, not just in Liberia. But for us, Liberia is so important because it is a country that went through a lot of crises and was on the road to democratization, peace, security, and uh, the people to elect whoever they want to lead them. And from that point of view, I would say, let us begin to re-examine what do we mean by election observation, who are within them, are they just politicians who they themselves have stolen elections in their own country? And then they go to declare other elections free, fair, and credible. So that is an area which has to be examined. And in my university, at the University of South Africa, we are running a program 
a certificate and soon it will be a postgraduate diploma on management of democratic elections in Africa. That sounds very interesting. So 11.31 or 11.32 Central African time it is here on Channel Africa. This is African Dialogue. My name is Asanda Matsaunyan. If you've just joined us, we're talking about the election rerun in Liberia and whether this puts a threat on Liberia's democracy. The international communities say on elections on the continent, just in general, uh, Itumeleng, should you know this be still something that's relevant, especially given what Professor is saying now that you know, the UN and, and such bodies will say one thing, but on the ground it's a different story. Absolutely. Uh, the relevance of such bodies cannot really be uh, uh, overlooked. Um, and we know that uh, in politics, even in, uh, for instance, let's take the uh, Brexit uh, vote and the pollsters that came before that, uh, mm-hmm. saying that, okay, well, Britain will probably not uh, um, uh, move out or even uh, Theresa May's uh, elections. There is never a guarantee. But without those bodies, we are literally opening ourselves into a rigmarole, which is just literally a free fall. So those institutions are literally absolutely important. The African Union still needs a lot of capacity uh, Mm. uh, going forward, Um, having the uh, uh, support of the European Union. Uh, as well as the ECOWAS region. I mean, the region, ECOWAS region, region is now in, in, in turmoil. Let's look at Cameroon, for instance, uh, uh, the English-speaking uh, regions wanting to succeed, to secede from the country. We look uh, next door in Nigeria as well, the whole saga of Biafra. Mm. I mean, the continent literally needs more capacitation rather than uh, uh, discounting these uh, institutions as just uh, no good. Mm. So I do uh, think that uh, they have a lot to contribute into the future, and uh, even though there are mistakes, but you know what, it is a, it is an ongoing process that, that I hope and I trust that it will be rectifying future. So what can happen now, Cholo? What, what should actually be happening since, uh, you know, Jocelyn Sirleaf is leaving in, in January. This is like now, now. What, what should be happening to, to take Liberia out of the mud, so to speak? I think the best thing that will be done right now to put the situation under control is I'll let Madam President just get out of the way of the people, as it has been said. Uh, let her be as possible as neutral, you know, because uh, opposition politicians are so mad with what is happening. Hmm. Liberian themselves, Liberian themselves, who are not even part of the ruling unity party, are also disappointed because Ellen should set, send her back, uh, her mic for Africa. She has been elected. She was elected as first female Africa. Liberia is proud of that. So when she came and said this election will be free and fair, Liberians back home were over excited. But then what is happening right now is, is terrible. Now the Supreme Court is going through exactly what she's supposed to go through. Uh, the National Election Commission is dragging because what? Uh, she feels that uh, she has all the decisions to make. And then the, 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 the opposition, Charles Bromsky, is opting for legal process to continue. Liberia are saying they are tired, they want their election, they want their president. So it's, it's difficult. Liberians now, at every corner of the city you turn, even in urban and rural areas, Liberians are saying elections should be held. I mean, that's it. Meritus, uh, do you want to add to that? What what should happen now? Emeritus Professor uh, Goto. Yes. 
What's your your addition to to what Cholo is saying in terms of what should happen now in in Liberia to kind of clean things up a bit? Well, I think that Liberians have to know where they are coming from, the difficult times they went through, which was crimes against humanity, war crimes, and so on. And they need to really say they need to solve their problems in a peaceful, but with justice. It is not just, let us keep peace, but there's no justice. Peace must go with justice, and it is for Liberians, and we want, as Africans, to support them to the current problem, let it go to court, I hope that the court, either national or a special court, to go through the whole process on how the election took place, should uh, occur. And after that, uh, Liberia has either to go through re-election or no, uh, you know, approve the last results of the election and we move forward. We don't want any violence in uh, Liberia or any African country. And I think that's where we are at the moment. I think maybe also just to see where we are at the moment, let's let's wrap this conversation up by looking at the contenders of uh, this election and especially their backgrounds. And maybe that can give us a bit of hope or or not. I don't know. George Weir, you know, what do we what do we take from him and what he can bring to the table? Uh, and uh, Vice President Joseph Boakai. And maybe let's also discuss uh, Charles Abramskin, who we know finished third. But I mean, you know, he's also up there. What do we make of these backgrounds of, of these uh, contenders? Itumileng, uh, let me start with you. If we can make a comparison. Sure. Um, what I can say about uh, Mr. Weir particularly is that when he lost the uh, previous round of elections, the main concern of the voters was that he was not uh, qualified uh, to become a ruler of the country because he's, he was merely a soccer player. Mm. And yes, sure, he's a, a hugely successful uh, 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 celebrity in the country, which uh, draws him quite a lot of support. But in terms of getting to the grunt of the matter, could he do it? And of course, he lost out because of that. But then he went and studied business administration in uh, uh, Defray uh, University, mm. uh, finished. Uh, that signals to me that this man really wants it. Uh, he, he, he has uh, sort of like built himself into, into a figure that can actually be looked upon as a leader in terms of the political arena in the region. So I would, not, uh, uh, I, I would say he's, he's probably just as capable as the others. Uh, looking at Brumsky, Brumsky would probably just do a wonderful a job as well. I mean, he's running one of the most successful, uh, if not the top uh, uh, legal firm in Liberia. Um, uh, he's a man of law, which in fact, I suppose, uh, uh, prompted him to bring uh, the issue of uh, irregularities to the courts. Mm. Um, I think he's uh, very much more capable, and uh, the ones who are perhaps not as 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 well 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 versed in 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 politics have actually fallen out. We've seen that um, 
And now uh, Prince Johnson is now also supporting uh, Mr. Weir. Uh, Magdala uh, Cooper has uh, literally uh, gotten out of the race uh, because she was not just uh, to the aptitude of of what is required to mm. literally bring the turnaround in in what Liberia needs in terms of leadership. So uh, uh, Joseph Bokai does have the experience, having been the government and being the deputy president to uh, Ms. Salif. Uh, therefore, it is it is it is a, an absolute uh, uh, pleasure actually to to see that. It is the top of, of, of the cream of the crop that have actually just flowed through the top, I think. Mm. And I, 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 I have faith in them. I, I, I really have faith, even though I'm looking uh, through it uh, from a prism of, uh, of an analytical point of view. Chulo, could there be a concern then in terms of Vice President uh, Joseph Bokai that if he you know, takes the position, it will be just a continuation of uh, Johnson Sirleaf's uh, rule? Um, you know, that side of it. And then maybe also the other side of saying, you know, he actually is experienced in, and will make sure that things are driven. What is your view in terms of what he brings to the party? Hello? Cholo? Okay, uh, you asking me? Yes, Cholo, did you hear the question? Well, what is the question again? Please come we, back. We're analyzing the contenders. So we're now zooming in a bit on uh, Vice President Joseph Bokai in terms of his experience. Could there be a, a, a concern that in terms of what he can bring to the party is actually not m- not really anything new? It will be just a continuation of Johnson uh, Sirleaf's rule? Or could it be, on the other hand, saying but he is experienced and it, that, that uh, puts him in a better position? What that was that was Liberians are saying. Liberians are saying Joseph Boaka is like a a a one in new battle. I mean, he's just coming to to continue on the legacy of Mr. Ellen Johnson Sirleaf. So most people are saying, oh, the Boaka presidency is like the Sirleaf presidency. So uh, Boaka, yes, he's a city administrator. I mean, he has been working in several places. But the only problem Liberians have is because he's coming from the the, 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 the presidency of Ellen Johnson Salif. So that's the problem. With the issue of George Weir, George Weir has the popularity. He has the popularity because of his his previous uh, assignment as a uh, world footballer of the world footballer. And then but the problem more people are saying if you talk to people here is that George Weir, George Weir is yes he has the popularity but when it comes to maturity, George Weir is not that mature to run the country. That's what more people say. Oh, George Weir has the popularity, but he's not mature to run the country. And then for Charles Bromsky, Charles Bromsky has his own problem. His problem is he has this human relationship problem. That's what more people say. Oh, Charles Bromsky, he, he doesn't know how to talk to people. And, you know, you know people look at things as you perform mm. over the years and observe you. So the time you want to get to permanent, People started talking those things that they talk hard about you, they say about you, or they talk about you, and all of that. So those are the, those are the things that the three candidates face. Even though Charles Bromsky is out of the race, that's why he's, he, he's, he has he's a string of legal suit. But the two guys, uh, Bromsky, and the two guys, George uh, Weir and and Joseph Boyka, that's that's the that's the stake. That's the stake. That's, their stake is that um, oh, Boyka is. Is like a new wine in old bottle. He would continue to do what Ellen did not do. Okay, George Weir, oh yes, he has the popularity, but George Weir is not mature as a leader. So those are the those are the talk of the town we hear every day. 
Professor, so would it be then a matter of do people want change or do they want a continuation? Choosing between the two, Joseph Bukai and George uh, <laughs> Weir. Okay, let us say that Salif Johnson was famous or had credentials uh, as a political activist. Um, I think George Weir is a celebrity in terms of sports and sports politics in the world. Sports are very important. There are personalities there that could be leaders in any country where they come from. So I believe that popularity is something which goes into politics, but at the same time, it is what will they really do if they get elected to the position as leaders of a nation in Africa in the 21st century. Thank you so much uh, to to all of you. Emeritus Professor Shadrach Guto, uh, if you can hear us, I'm not sure if you can. Cholo Brooks, CEO and publisher of ggnliberia.com. Thanks to Itumileng Maketla, a political analyst. Thanks to all of you guys for joining. Thank you very much. Remember, you can also find us on Twitter at Channel Africa. Find us on Facebook as well. You can also SMS your views to plus 27823253905. And then email us info at channelafrica.co.za.